0: Hey, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, and I'm currently on tour and wanted to take this opportunity on the second episode of this mini-series of Tales from the Road to share some reflections that I've kind of had over the last couple the last week of being on the tour. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm on the Speak Up Tour 2018, which is a tour of the eastern side of New England where I'm stopping in Portland, Portsmouth, Cape Cod, Providence, Worcester, and Boston to spread the word of speaking up to share the power of using your voice and to help more women build the skill And our goal is to build more speaking clubs, share the message of the speaker sisterhood, and just get people excited about what could come from not being afraid of being seen and being heard, you know? And... So I want to share what I've learned so far because I've had a lot of time to think and I'm really glad I gave myself this time to just be a little bit more still, which is kind of funny because being on tour requires a lot of moving around, <laughs> but I've given my t- myself more time to sleep and more time to journal and meditate and walk and I'm not doing as much computer work and meetings. And it's been really nice to just be present in what I'm doing and not have 400 other tasks in the back of my mind while doing the work. So I want to share a couple of these reflections. And the the purpose of sharing this is I'm hoping that I can give you some insight into what it's like to do a speaking tour. Maybe it's something you've thought about doing. Maybe it's not. But maybe in sharing this, it'll give you some thoughts that might give you food for thought on what you could be doing differently with your speaking game. You know, maybe booking four gigs in a city you've never been to and just staying for the weekend could be something in the cards for you or doing something longer like I'm doing a five-week tour. So the first thing I want to share in this reflection is everything is more real now. And what I mean by that is... Going out and getting outside of my network, which is mostly in Western Mass and in Boston, going to a city where I'm basically unknown and walking into an office to talk to people about Speaker Sisterhood, just, it really solidifies for me that this is this is a real business, this is a real movement, and there's a real message here. And I can tell that this is big because I can see it on the faces of the people we're talking to as we describe what we're doing. And people who don't know me, people who don't know what we're doing, sit down and they go, okay, so tell me about Speaker Sisterhood. And as I start to share the stories of the women who are members and share the uh, um, amazing growth we've encountered over the last year and a half, they start to get really excited and they start to ask questions like, well, what would it take to get involved and how do we do it? And what, what would you need from us? And as the conversations are going on, I'm thinking to myself, wow, okay, you know, this isn't just a thing that we're doing in our backyard. This is something we could do everywhere. And by sitting and having these meetings, I start to learn more about what's important in their community. And that's not something you can get through a webinar or a blog post. You kind of have to be there to experience the energy of the place and to understand the community. And what I learned this week being in Portland and Portsmouth... Is that Port, uh, Portland, Maine? Is that it's a big tourist town, and in the summer it basically shuts down and it's all about being outside, having fun, going on trips, going hiking, going to the beach. And people aren't really thinking about business. And I know that's kind of the case everywhere in the summer, but it's really the case there. So thinking about how to launch clubs and timing of doing that, you learn from them that it doesn't make sense to launch things when no one's paying attention. But you don't really think of that if you're not there. So I'm learning a lot about how these communities fluctuate based on their tourist attractions and time of year. And it's been really great to just hear the stories. And I heard the same thing over and over again. Oh yeah, we basically shut down. Everyone's on a vacation. <laughs> um, there's no there's no new things being launched at that time. So that's the first revelation or reflection I have from the tour over the first week is being in a community and sharing things with people for the first time and seeing their response helps me to see Wow, this is a this is a big thing and this is real and there's a lot of momentum behind it, but we have to keep going if we want to keep building. The second thing I've really noticed over the last week is that we are all the same. I've given basically the same presentation in all four of my workshops and events so far and it's funny because the response I get is pretty much the same. We all have the same fears. We all have the same blocks and we all have the same worries. And a lot of our challenges around speaking come from our childhood. It comes from being told, be polite, be nice, wait your turn. Children should be seen, not heard. Don't create conflict. And as all the women in in my workshops have been sharing these stories, I see everybody nodding along. And in the nodding along comes connection because they start to recognize, wow, I'm not that weird. (laughs) I'm just like them. And that connection starts to build community around that shared experience. And I want to share a story from one of the women who attended my first workshop that really, I think, exemplifies what kind of talking about and thinking about this work can do to change the way we live our lives. So in the beginning of the workshop, I asked everyone to go around and say their name and what they do and why they came to the workshop that day. And this one woman got up and she gave a pretty long introduction, I think maybe the longest in the room. And she really got into detail about how much she dislikes, as a business owner, picking up the phone and calling people and not even cold calling, just any phone call that's business related. She has a really hard time making herself do that. And she shared that she had met a gentleman at a trade show the week before. And as they were parting ways, he said, All right, well, call me, we can talk more. And she immediately felt this pit in her stomach. And she thought, Oh, no, <laughs> I have to get on the phone. And she said the next day, she sat in her office for two hours, feeling a ton of anxiety and fear and just overwhelming uh, panic around picking up the phone. And so she said, what well, I, I came here today, because I want to learn how to get over that because I do need to use the phone. And it's it's really getting in the way of building my business. And by the end of the workshop, she raised her hand and she said, I figured it out. I've been afraid of the phone for 40 years and I figured it out today, right now. I know why I'm afraid of the phone. She said, when I was a kid, I used to call my dad at work and he would yell at me and he'd say, don't call me at work. And that scared me. And I thought that he didn't, he didn't want to talk to me and that he didn't love me. And that has scared me from making any phone calls that are work related ever since. And she's like, this is amazing. This is so important. Now I can do this because I know that that's just a story I have. That's not true. But I've been thinking about it my whole life. And I've never realized that that's why I can't use the phone. And as she's telling this story, I'm looking around and other women in the room are nodding their heads and think and I'm thinking, they've experienced the same thing. And here we are together together. Watching this woman have a moment in her life that will change the future of her business, change the way that she, she runs things, because now she knows why that's there. And so in, in sharing these stories, we start to see, wow, we're all the same. And we all have these fears and worries and stories and beliefs that run our lives And by sharing them, we start to realize we don't have to have as much shame around them. And maybe we don't need to be ashamed of them at all. And maybe we can work on them together. And in knowing that, it makes us stronger. It makes us more willing to dig into that kind of work and to share it. And so in doing these workshops, I've really gotten a chance to hear these stories and to connect with women in these ways that they don't often get to, to connect because Where else are they going to talk about this? You know, it just doesn't come up in everyday life. So the reflection I have here is we're all the same. And by opening up these conversations, we're giving the people that we want to help a chance to share and to learn and to grow. And so as speakers, you know, when you go out into a community and you give a speech, remember that we're all the same. We all have some of these these same fears. So when you're building stories and you're building opportunities for discussion, try to ask these questions that help bring this stuff up so people can start to feel more connected to one another and not feel so alone. The third reflection, and this one is kind of funny because I've felt some real intense guilt around it. One of the things that we really want to do on the tour is make sure that we share the experience with everyone who isn't able to be there. And one way we can do that is through sharing videos and photos and giving updates along the way. And I have to say, I have been really bad about this because I have been so present in all of my meetings and events and book signings that I just haven't been able to get myself to focus on taking pictures. And while it's great to be there with the people and to connect with them and to have the conversations we're having, I'm also realizing I'm leaving everybody out of that conversation. And and so I'm trying to be easy on myself because I, I really want those pictures to be taken. And so we're figuring out a plan to make that happen. But I guess the reflection is being present is more important than being perfect but if you have several goals for an event and one is not being accomplished, revising the way that you're going about it will help you to be more effective. So I think for any speaking tour, any any tour of any kind, you want to make sure that you're sharing that story with the people who care about it and that requires doing that work of taking the pictures and shooting the videos. And so I'm going to commit to getting better at that as the tour goes on, but I just wanted to like publicly acknowledge on my podcast that <laughs> that has not been my strength so far. And And it is important. And so now I just need to figure out a way to get that done because I have spent so much time now on just the being present part that I've forgotten about the part of like telling the rest of the world what's going on here. Because I think when, when I set out on this tour, I was mostly thinking... This is going to be a great way to share what we're doing with a broader audience like on social media on our website. And didn't really think so much about what I was going to do while I was there. It just it's hard to know before you get there. And and so now I'm realizing this this tour is really about being in the community and listening and building. And that's number one. And then number two is how do we also share that story with a broader audience? So for you, if you're going to be going on a tour, you want to be thinking about how you can incorporate those two things together, because it's a lot harder than I thought. And it just seems simple, like take a quick picture, no big deal. But (laughs) it requires the presence of mind to take yourself out of that moment and that conversation and say, let's all take a quick selfie. So for you, I want to I want to save you from the guilt or the frustration of not having any pictures <laughs> and creating a plan up front. Uh, the next thing I learned is that the tour is a continual study and it's unfolding every day. And I I, when I set out to to go on the tour, I decided I wanted it to be an adventure like everything I do and I also wanted it to be open. I didn't want to really determine how everything was going to go. I knew I had a script and I knew I had some ideas and some things planned, but mostly I wanted the days to just unfold as they as they would and let them be whatever they were, and and that's not my style at all. I'm way more scheduled and regimented with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. So it's been really hard to just roll along and a lot of the mornings I've been waking up later and I've just been sitting in bed and drinking tea, which is totally not my style at all. But I'm starting to see that this downtime has been so helpful to think back on what happened the day before and, and those conversations I had, what did they mean to me? And what could we be doing differently to help more women. And that reflection time is so critical when you're doing this fast-paced kind of work or this tour where you're doing an event almost every day and having all these big meetings, because the reflection is where the learning takes place. And that's where you get to implement things differently, and you're not in this autopilot mode, but you're actually thinking about what you heard and what it means. And as speakers, we have to be listening all the time to what our audience is telling us and why why they need it and why it's important and how we can then pivot or, or kind of alter what we're doing to match what they need. And so this... tour being a continual study is something that emerged as the days went on. And I'm really thankful that I didn't totally jam-pack my schedule to give myself the space and time to do that. And this is important, even if you're not on tour, to give yourself that time to do it. And I know that when I'm at home, I have a really hard time just sitting and reflecting because I think, oh well, I should probably be washing the dishes and I need to do the laundry. And when was the last time I cleaned the litter box? And, you know, it goes into that mode. So being away from home has been really helpful and you don't necessarily have to be on a tour to do this, but to maybe give yourself some time in a a coffee shop or something could be really effective to, you know, just kind of take a pause and make sure what you're doing is hitting the mark. And one of the things I share all the time, and I, you've probably heard if you've listened to this podcast before or if you've attended a workshop, is a line that was told to me at the most pivotal moment. One of the most pivotal moments of my life was when I was first attending Toastmasters, and I was sitting in the club and I was watching people give speeches, but I wasn't speaking because <laughs> I was still convinced that I wasn't ready and hoped in my mind that one day I would just wake up and magically be ready to give a speech. And the club president came up to me and said, we're going to put you on the schedule to speak at the next meeting. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not ready to give a speech. And what he said to me was, you'll never be ready. You just have to start. And I share the story a lot because it is the perfect opening for anybody who feels like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not uh, outgoing enough. I'm too shy. Uh, That's just not me and this helps to change that story and think well maybe that's me today but maybe if i just started speaking more and practicing this i could be somebody else and i wanted to bring it up again because you'll never be ready you just have to start also applies to the speaking tour <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast right now thinking i could never do do that i'm i'm i go out and i speak twice a year or i just i speak at work i could never do a speaking tour i want to kind of apply the same philosophy to this idea of speaking more often and creating little clusters of events in different communities that will get you out there more and get you interacting with new groups of people. So you'll never be ready. You just have to start. <laughs> so what did we cover here today? A couple of main points. Everything is more real now. When you go into the community, and you sit face to face with people, you start to realize, wow, what we're building is real. It's big and people want it. Number two, we're all the same. When you hear people's stories and you start to recognize that they're very similar to your own, you start to feel less shame and pain around it and start to realize I'm actually pretty normal and I can work on this in community and I can can get better. Being present is more important than being perfect, but having a plan helps a lot. So knowing that if you want to be present, but also take pictures, figure out a way to do that life is a continual study. Make sure that you're always reflecting on what you're doing and giving yourself the time and space for that because you could be learning a ton every day, but if you're not actually thinking about it and applying it to what you're doing, it's not very useful. And the last thing I want to do is I just want to share that every event we've done so far has been in partnership with other women, and everyone I've met with so far has also been a woman, and it's sort of a coincidence. I didn't realize this until I was doing it, and I thought, how cool is it that we are all women supporting other women on this journey of finding their voice? So I want to thank everyone that I've worked with so far for being part of this and for helping us to build this message. I also want to thank our sponsors, Innovation Women, which is a visibility bureau for women who want to go out and speak more often, whether it be on panels or their own presentation at a conference, you can find them at innovationwomen.com. Some of our supporting sponsors are Boston Speaks, ONA, T-Forte, Angie's Boom Chicka Pop, Emerson College, All-Star Car and Truck Rental and Ohm Practice. So it's been really fun having sponsors uh, sponsor materials and food and stuff at our events to share with our attendees and that's that's kind of a whole new level for us too, to bring to the events and set up and have as an offering. So what we know here so far in week 1 of the tour is that this tour is about listening. It's about connecting, it's about being present and it's about reflecting and that is some of the most important work I can think of doing and I feel so lucky that I get to do it and if any of this sounds interesting to you or it sounds like something that gets you feel it gets you lit up and feeling like really excited about also doing that I I dare you to try it (laughs) I dare you to put something together (laughs) because you'll never be ready you just have to start So that's it for this week. I'm coming back next week with more tour interviews, updates from the road. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to totally surprise everybody because I'm sure I'll be learning a lot more in the next week. So thanks everyone for listening. That's it for this week. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.